Picture's a little grainy, but it'll do. Okay. As long as the audio is coming through. I, I often have um, bad, bad bandwidth problems here, so just see how it goes. If it gets too bad, we can turn the video off. Okay. Yeah, no worries. <clears throat> Where are you located? So I am in Austin, Texas. So. That's going to be the hub of the Technopoly, supposedly. I listened to uh, I listened to the propaganda report, and I had him on a couple a uh, couple of shows ago, and they talk about how Rogan moved to Austin, and now Tesla's moving to Austin, and apparently the New York Stock Exchange might be coming to Dallas. I'm just like, what are they setting up? in Texas, man? <laughs> and I just moved down here from Chicago, you know, like getting out of that area and now coming to like a new technocratic hub is just like come on oh they're doing it everywhere man it's crazy it's freaking crazy i mean nobody bet nobody knows better than you guys i mean you and new zealand are some of the worst out there well it's not bad where i am I okay noticed it. i haven't noticed anything but you know that's just because of where i live what about the people in your community? Are they uh, wearing masks or doing any of the social distancing or no, anything? Not, like? here. not around here. Mm. Everyone's just normal around here. Mm. Uh, I, I see one person wearing a mask here and there. I went out to Bunny's um, warehouse a few weeks ago and um, they were all wearing masks. But everyone complained about it so much that it only lasted a week and they took them off. So. Well, that's something that uh, Sam Tripoli talks about in uh, California. You know, the counties that complain the most and bitched the most are the counties with the least restrictions. And the ones that just complied with everything have the heaviest restrictions. Yeah, of course. That's the way they do it. They'll, they'll push as far as you let them push. That's, that's what they always do. Yeah. That's why you shouldn't let them push at all. <laughs> exactly, I mean, man. Once you give them the power, they're never going to roll it back. They're never going to relinquish what the power that you give them. Yeah. I mean, politicians aren't like that, you know. So you actually made um, a film back in 2012 talking about how this was all going to come down the pike. Correct? Yeah, yeah, transformation. Yes. Um, we talked about transhumanism and where they were leading us, how they were intending to genetically modify us from the inside out. A lot of people told me I was going right out on a limb with it, but uh, I was actually very restrained in, in what I said in that film, and uh, it's all come to pass, and even more so. I, was, I actually had intended to do a part two to that film, and uh, I, I still do intend to do that. But it's just been there's been so much going on since then that I haven't had much time to make another film since 2012. So it's been uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride. Oh yeah, and 
I, I made like a four and a half hour Corona expose. And as soon as I put it out, that 96% to 4% number came out where it's 96% of COVID deaths uh, had at least three other comorbidities. I'm like, that would have been perfect. And then the Stanford research thing where it's like one in 19.1 million chance in dying from COVID. And so all of these statistics just come flooding in. As soon as I put it all together, I'm just like, God damn it. But I mean, there's never a perfect time. Yeah, well, according to, uh, according to um, uh, 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 another doctor who, who, was, uh, who was the head of all sorts of departments, who I mentioned on uh, a report a couple of days ago, his name escaped me. He's from uh, Canada, correct? 300,000 chance. You what? Uh, he's from Canada, correct? Canada, yeah. I think, yeah. I, think he's, I think he was from Canada, yeah. Um, and uh, he said there's there's a one in 300,000 chance of, of, of dying from COVID. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, and they've shut down the world. And, and now they're saying that the uh, British, one of the British, there's uh, a British professor who's saying that uh, we may have to wear masks for years mm-hmm. and that COVID may be seasonal, may become seasonal. Well, of course, because it's the seasonal flu. There's no flu deaths this year. They've recategorized everything as COVID. And they're basically killing people to get the numbers up. I mean, we've got lower deaths this year than we have in any year for the last 13 years. And all the people that have locked in nursing homes and are just allowing to die and are claiming their COVID deaths, this is murder by proxy, and it's how they're getting their numbers up. And it's just a seasonal flu. And how much much of it is... You know, the, these old people dying, how much of it is dying from a broken heart rather than any kind of illness or sickness? I mean, I, I wanted to see my aunt while I was home for the holidays for Thanksgiving, and they weren't letting anybody in. And she said, oh, yeah, we've been locked up in our room since March. I mean, lonely old people going through this kind of thing. I mean, they got to be dropping dead from a broken heart. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, those places, uh, hospices, you know, old old folks' home, old folks' hospice are basically death centres. They feed them slop. They keep the, the heating down low. You know, half the time they don't even put the heating on. You know, they just they just do everything they can to kill them. And, and locking people away like this is just exacerbating that, of course. I mean, that's why they're doing it. That's how they got the numbers up. And how many people are in those hospices because they, and they needed urgent medical attention. Many of them were in hospital, but they took them out of hospital to free up space for COVID and put them into hospice care where they died because they were supposed to be in hospital. You know, and the hospitals are empty, so there was no reason to move them out to begin with. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, even the people that are dying here in Australia, they're saying, you know, dying of COVID. These are people in their 80s, like 86 years old, 84 years old, 89 years old, 90 years old. The the average life expectancy in Australia is 82. And now you've got people 86 dying of COVID. Really? Is that what they're... And you're sure they're not just dying, you know? And if, when you're locking them up in hospice, of course they're dying, locking them away from their families. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's... Um, it's, it's a massive crime. The whole thing's a massive crime. And, you know, when, when it's revealed that there is no COVID, this response is, is just ridiculous. I mean, 5,000 suicides in this country this year, all from the lockdown, or to save a few people from a virus, which we haven't never identified. I mean, it's crazy. And, you know, if you can see that the politicians and the health officers and these people have actually been colluding to cause this harm, 
if you go look up Nuremberg trials and the Nuremberg Code, you find that this, this, this collusion to cause harm is, is classed as genocide. So, you know, what these politicians are doing is, is genocide, and they're doing it right around the whole world. The response to this alleged virus has been far worse than the virus. And, it, you know, they've yet to prove that that even actually is a virus. Yeah. And that it isn't just the seasonal flu. So, I mean, and, and even the, the PCRs that they're doing on people, the PCR test, the words PCR and test don't even belong in the same sentence because a PCR is not a test. It's a, it's a polymerized chain reaction. And you can just grab DNA, you can do a polymerase chain reaction, right? you can create any result you want. And a positive PCR result does not mean you are infected with anything. It's not even a test. So, yeah, it's a, it's a huge scam and it's a provable scam, much like the U.S. election. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I'd like to talk about that. But just a word on, um, you know, you shared a great video a number of months ago by a guy named Mikey Landings. You put it on one of your reports, and um, he was talking about PCR tests and exosomes. And you're completely right, man. I mean, PCR, all it is is a they keep amplifying and amplifying it until you have a certain substrate of a, a DNA sequence to where it's justifiable enough to call it positive. But there is no positive or negative. You don't get a swab and get a plus or a minus. It's just you have a certain amplitude of the DNA from 35, 40 plus cycles through the PCR test. Well, you see, a positive, a positive PCR result does not mean um, you've tested positive for any infection. It's, it's claiming that, that, that a positive PCR result actually has any value that is where the scam is. Because a PCR, it's simply, it's a, it's a diagnostic tool that is used if you believe somebody may have some particular substance in their body or whatever, perhaps like anything, any, anything at all. You know, you, you'll look for that and it's really difficult to find like somebody, anybody who doesn't have at least one molecule of just about anything in their body. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're sick because you've got a molecule of this stuff in your body. But if you want to identify that, you can actually grab that molecule and then you can replicate it and replicate it and replicate it until you've got enough of the stuff there to be able to run tests on it. It's when you've got that substance, then you can actually run a test. But for them to be claiming that a positive PCR result, and all they're searching for is certain little uh, RNA strands. And, and what is it that they're even searching for? They're claiming this virus has 30,000 30, base pairs in its DNA. And they're claiming they located 37 of them. They used a computer model to construct the, the rest of the, you know, the, the 90, what is it, 20,299,000, 20, 299,000 whatever you know like they found 37 of them so it's all just a computer code anyway and those 37 um, base pairs that they're looking for could be related to anything there's all number of things all number of viruses exosomes all sorts of things that those base pairs could belong to mm -hmm. so it, it's ridiculous you're not actually testing for a virus and a positive result doesn't actually mean anything because it's a PCR. It's not a test. It's by just it's by calling it a PCR test. The way they've just associated the word theory with the word conspiracy. You know what I mean? Yeah. They've just associated the word test with the word PCR, and you know now people think it's a test, but it's not. So what are they really doing? 
these tests. Um, there's an interesting report I saw about um, nanotech that they're putting on the end of swabs that's been available since like 2009 they were talking about doing this. Yep. So perhaps that's what they're doing. Some people who've gone and had positive, um, they've, they've gone, they've had flu-like symptoms, so they've gone for a test, they've stuck that swab up their nose, and then a couple of weeks later they've lost their sense of smell and their sense of taste. And they've said, oh, so COVID must be real because this is an unusual result from a flu. Well, what if it isn't? What if it's from something that they did with the swab? Yep. Although it was up their nose. So... Yeah, you because know, they're not they're not testing you for anything with these tests because it's not a test. People have got to get that into their head. So what are they actually doing? Are they genomically profiling people and are they implanting nanotech in people? Because this is going right into the blood brain barrier. So it, it's pretty insidious what they're doing. And what you've got to you've got to do this test where you've got to stick this swab in right till it touches the blood brain barrier, and yet they're telling me that I can infect you from a little drop of spit, and we need to be standing six feet away. Surely they could just take a little drop of spit and see if I'm infected, couldn't they? Why do they have to stick this thing in to touch your blood-brain barrier? So, yeah, whatever they're doing, they're not testing you. They're doing something else with these swaps. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I've seen three different patents for the technology to put vaccines on the end of nasal swabs. And I've told most of my friends, like, hey, man, I'm not saying that that's what they're doing, but they have the patents for it, and they've had that technology for a while. So whether they are or they aren't, I've known several people that have gotten, uh, that went in, got tested for COVID, were completely fine, and then weeks later, they're sick as a dog. It's like, well, what does that mean? And then I was listening to this woman, this doctor, who was on um, the Ripple Effect podcast with Ricky Verandas. Uh, She was saying that she knows all of these people that have been tested, that have gotten sick as a dog, and that uh, she, she was just furthering our points that you can absolutely attach this this vaccine or even DARPA hydrogel to the ends of these nasal swabs. And then there were also, there's been cases of, there was this one in particular, this woman who had brain fluid start leaking through her nose because it had punctured so deep in there and you see these people laying down on these doctor tables getting the swabs stuck up their nose they're convulsing i'm just like does anybody think that this is really a good idea and in regards to what they might be testing for i mean i'm pretty sure i saw it on your channel where bill gates back in 2005 gave a or gave a conference to the cia where he said yeah, we can vaccinate Muslim extremists, because that's what they always use. Muslim extremists, we can vaccinate them and make them less fundamentalist and decrease their brain's God gene. Which I think, you know, this whole DNA, RNA uh, vaccine that they want to roll out could definitely have a big thing to do with our ability to be spiritual. Well, when you look at what the, if you look at the PCR uh, guidelines, what they're actually searching for, one of, one of the, the um, genetic codes they're searching for is the base um, base assembly code for chromosome 8. And chromosome 8 is what gives us our intelligence and what uh, gives us our immune systems. So if they can deliver a vaccine to you which will attack chromosome 8, then you're going to end up with people that show um, similar to Down syndrome type of uh, I mean they don't have the, the look but 
they just slow learners, um, short lifespans, um, not real intelligent. That, that's what chromosome 8 does. See, what they do with these vaccines is they, they, they identify parts of our own DNA as viruses because viruses are not infectious. Viruses are simply exosomes. They're produced in your body. They're part of your own immune system. And when you've got a cell that's toxic, it will start expelling viruses so that ways, ways of getting them out of the cell and then you get sick. But it's actually your own DNA. So when they give you a vaccine, and it's a, what they're doing with this mRNA vaccine, a new vaccine they're developing, it's actually going to change your DNA and it's going to impact certain um, genetic codes once they appear. And one of those genetic codes is chromosome 8. So it's going to turn your own immune system against your own DNA. And that's what they've done with a lot of these viruses. When they're giving you a vaccine for a virus which is naturally produced in your body, they're giving you a vaccine and training your immune system to attack your own biology. That's what they're doing. So, you know, our DNA is the virus. Our DNA are all the viruses that we get. And if they are going to give you vaccines to attack these things, then you're attacking your own DNA. You're gradually shortening the lifespan and gradually just doing damage. That's why we've seen the, the rise in autism and so much stuff we've seen. You know, a hundred years ago, there'd be one in one in a thousand kids had autism. Then it was one in a hundred. Now it's like one in ten. It, it, it's ridiculous. And this our oh, vaccines aren't doing anything wrong. Well, yes, they are. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know. Causation, I mean, correlation doesn't indicate causation until it does, and now it does. That's what people have to understand, and that, that's what they're doing with the vaccine. So it's, it's going to limit your ability to be able to think properly according to, or, and according to the markers that they've got on the PCR test, because if that's what they're using to identify as part of COVID, and it's actually chromosome 8, well, read between the lines. What are they doing here? If they're going to give you a, a, a DNA or, or a vaccine to attack that particular genetic code, then that's going to start attacking your intelligence. And it will probably happen quite quickly as soon as people get this vaccine. And that's very interesting. I, you know, I, I hadn't heard about that chromosome 8, but the first thing that I think about is that the CDC came out a year or two years ago and said, oh yeah, probably by 2050, uh, half of the U.S. population is going to have Down syndrome. It's just like, <laughs> What? It's like, so where where is that coming from? I mean, obviously we know it's coming from the vaccinations. It's coming from the fluoride in the water, the heavy metals that they're spraying in the sky, putting in the food and everything else like that. But I don't know how any reasonable person could look at a report like that from the CDC itself and say that we're going to have half, people, half of the population is going to have Down syndrome or autistic characteristics. And then we're just, we're just going to glance past that. Yeah, yeah, and there's no explanation of where it's going to come from. They just kind of prepare you for it. So, well, expect it because you know it's, it's all the it's all the climate change, just the heavy metals in the in the environment from all the toxins. It's it's all our fault. It's your fault for doing all the pollution that you're doing and throwing plastic bags away. It's, you know, this is what they do. So, yeah, interesting that they would know that, isn't it? That uh, somehow the half the United States is going to have Down syndrome. It's not exactly like Down syndrome. Um, chromosome 8 depletion but it's it's similar and uh, that appears to be one of the one of the functions of this vaccine and that'll happen quite quickly and you'll have people injected with this this vaccine and won't take too long before they're not thinking real clearly and they won't even be able to put it together and i think you know they've even said that they need to there's been a tender in, in britain they're looking for 
uh, tenders for people to write an AI program because they're expecting uh, just for the sheer volume of adverse reactions they're going to have from the vaccine that they need AI to actually manage the influx of information they're going to be getting about this. That's how much bad reactions they're expecting, which of course is why they want to do Operation Warp Speed in the United States, where they want to evacuate, bring in the military and they want to vaccinate the entire country in 24 hours. That's what they want to do. They want to literally deploy the military, the National Guard and, and all these units on the street so they can just blanket go out and do everyone, which is of course why they want to put people in lockdown, why they want everyone under house arrest, because they want everyone to know where they want to know where everybody is. So they can just come out and roll out this vaccine in 24 hours because you know they can't do 20 percent of the country or 50 percent of the country and then a couple of days later find all these people getting sick and the other the rest of the country is going to go well, hang on a minute we don't want the vaccine so they've got to do everybody or one under the blanket protection and really it's a blanket assault against people of the united states yes they're talking about doing similar things in, in the uk as well they're saying in the uk you'll need to be tested twice a week in order to get you a freedom pass. I mean, a freedom pass. The double speak in that, I mean, it's a freedom pass. No, freedom when you don't need a pass. It's, uh, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, and uh, again, Monica Perez from the Propaganda Report, she's she's uh, pulled up all of these documents from the CDC and WHO and everything like that, and they're saying... You know, people are going to get sick, really sick, from the first vaccine, and but we need them to get the second vaccine, which is going to make them even sicker, and that's going to be a tough sell. You know, there's, there's, they're writing articles saying that this is going to be a tough sell for the population of the world, but one that we got to make. And again, man, I, I, I can't help but think with all of this kind of stuff, like, why... Why is everything so obvious, so out in the open? Like, it just seems recently, Jeffrey Epstein, it, it, they're exposing that there's pedophiles in all of the world governments. And then they do an obvious hoax in Corona. And it, anybody who has eyes to see, anybody who can, who has a brain to think or anything like that, they look at these statistics and everything else. It's blatantly obvious that Corona is a hoax, and in my view, and I think yours as well, doesn't even exist when we talk about terrain theory versus germ theory. And then they have this election where it's blatant fraud. Again, anybody who has eyes to see. Now, uh, I, I think that the fraud is intentional for everyone to see, that they, they didn't actually steal anything. This was always a part of the plan. So with all of these things being so wide open and so obvious, they're exposing the pedophiles, they're exposing this whole New World Order takeover as a complete hoax, they're exposing, they're showing you the election fraud, which has been rampant for decades, if not millennia, but uh, I, I don't know why they're making it so obvious. Like, they, they obviously want something from the people and, you know, some people speculate that they, they want the revolution. Destroy the old so they can bring in the new. The old order out of chaos slogan. I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that. Well, yeah, that's part of it as well. But they, they want us to kill ourselves, you see. I mean, they want you to wear the mask and suffocate yourself. They want you to take the vaccine consensually. You know, they know that, you know, all the damage is going to be. 
you know, but they want you to be in fear, you know, you'd be too scared for what they're going to do to you or whatever. Well, no, I'll face infinity without flinching. I'm not going with you and I'm not taking your vaccine. Do you intend to murder me now? Because I'll take at least one of you with me when I go. Because I'm, not, I'm just not going with you. I'm not going to live my, my life, you know, in a cage and completely controlled due to my fear of the one part of life, which is inevitable, which is death. So that, that's part of it. They want to do that. But also they want to completely collapse the system. See, the way you can bring about a socialist, communist, you know, whatever you want to call it, system, totalitarianism system, it's a four-step process. The first is demoralisation, and they've done that. They've spent the last three decades completely demoralising the United States. Then you have um, destabilisation, which they've done through this whole last four-year period and the elections and you know, Black Lives Matter and everything they've done, and now this COVID um, situation has brought about the crisis that you need. And after the crisis comes a normalisation into their new normal. Now, if they can get people to accept this and accept this Biden premier, uh, presidency and all the stuff they do, well, they've sealed their own fate. I don't think we'll get back as it goes to the Supreme Court. Trump will get back in. But if that happens, I don't think there will be any faith in the US federal system anymore. And Trump may well do a third term. It's doubtful there will even be another election if Trump gets back in because who, who's actually going to want to go and vote in that system again now they've exposed how completely ridiculous it is? Who's going to want to believe the media anymore after the lies they've just told with all this stuff? Better to hand the media over to government so it's all government control because we've got the wonderful Trump there who's going to lead us to this golden utopia. He's the only one we can trust, and so he should run the media as well. You can see where they turn everything over to the, to the state. Restore people's faith in the judicial system and re restore people's faith in the state by exposing it as being as corrupt as it is and then putting in the puppet that you want. This is exactly what they did in Czechoslovakia just before the uprising there, and they ended up with the, with the worst dictator they've ever had. So this is, this is just standard play. This is the way they do it. And it's the only way they'd be able to do it with the United States. I mean, if they they managed to bring the United States to its knees, they've destroyed the food chain, they've shut the country down, closed the borders, destroyed the economy, put everybody under house arrest, and not a shot's been fired. Everybody still thinks that the state's going to save them. And the state may have two faces, but it's still the state. It doesn't matter who you vote for, the state always wins. And that's, that's the situation the United States is in at the moment. I think the whole thing has been a puppet show. I think it's been well planned. I mean, they knew how corrupt the system was. They knew that there was going to be this massive electoral fraud. Trump put all these executive orders and all this stuff in place to be able to expose it when it happens. But why do you think they did that? What do you think it's really all about? I mean, you can think of, of world government as, as like an iceberg. Beneath that is what really runs the world, which is the unelected government, the deep state, the trilateral commission, the council on foreign relations, all the corporations, all the banksters, the whole international mechanism. And that is always there. So, you know, they've got to, they've got to bring it about in such a way, bring the change they want to bring about in such a way that the people accept it and the people need to feel that someone has come and saved them. If Even since Biden has, has become the president-elect, He's saying stuff that he's going he's gonna to lock everybody down. He's going to um, confiscate the guns. He's, everyone's going, whoa, hang on a minute. So, you know, they're all going, why did, why did they let this guy in? Why did we vote for this guy? If I'd known this was his policies, I would, would, 
wouldn't have voted for it. Not many people did it anyway. But, you know, they've made it so obvious that if one were well, I mean, rightfully, there would be a civil And they'd get it with the, uh, the people, with the Republican military. A lot of these people ranks if that happened. So I think we'll very likely can. They'll use it as a program to keep the other views where they don't with Q and uh, it'll ultimate to the same. But yeah, you know, by the same thing that what they're doing has been a really desperate way that the I think we have rid of me if the two are awake can simply kind of hunker down and uh, avoid the test, avoid the vaccine. I mean, do what we can to wake people up, sure, but, but get yourself to safe ground and hunker down for the next three or four years. We'll find it. We'll get through this. I think this system won't be here anymore. I think um, a lot of people will, will probably fall in the process. A lot of the people who take the vaccine will end up in, in serious trouble. There'll be a lot of depopulation. But I think a lot of this is because those who are uh, running the world, they know their time is up. They know their time is fading. They're, they're virtually, they're virtually dying, and their goal is to take as many people as they can with them when they go, which is what all this is being ramped up about. So all we've got to do is kind of try to stay out of harm's way for the next three or four years while we're continuing this push and continuing to be the resistance. Stay out of harm's way, and I think you're going to find it. You, you're going to come through this okay. Mm, and. When when you say all of that, I, I I think about what you said a few videos back. You were talking about how they're introducing the beast system for COVID statistics, and uh, all of the all of the uh, satanic or Luciferian uh, numerology that they've had throughout this entire thing. You know, patent zero six zero six zero six for the uh, the COVID tracking. Uh, people with COVID, and then you had HR six 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 six, and all all of these six six sixes. Clade X, the pandemic simulation, six hundred and sixty six days before they announced the coronavirus pandemic on March eleventh. I mean, it's just the 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 beast system now being the cherry on top, and. Uh, the Luciferes, I, I can't even remember why they were bringing that up, but it was just another fucking news article. It's like, oh, yeah, we're testing for Luciferes, or it's going to be part of the vaccine, or whatever it is. It's just like, it couldn't be more blatant what they're what they're throwing in our face now. Yeah, you, you can't make this shit up. They just put it all right in your face. And, yeah, that's, I mean, that's why I've often suggested that this is cyclic, that none of the tech we're using is actually new tech. You know, all the legends of the scrying mirrors and the sigils and all this stuff. This is something I was talking about back in 2015 when I identified the mobile phones and the, the computer screens as scrying mirrors. These are these black magic symbols that we've been warned about. And the sigils are electrical circuitry. You know, and, and people who think they would never indulge in black magic, well, guess what? You already are. And and this is what it's all about. And I think they've done this before. And I think these these things are left behind as warnings. You get all the Christians will sit there and I look at all that and I go, oh, my God, it's all preordained. There's nothing I can do about it. And I'll just sit back and I'll let it happen, believing that someone's going to come and save them. But then I'll still take the vaccine. You know? And and that's the problem. So 
you've got to realize that these things are left there as warnings and a lot of them are appeasement programs to keep you sitting there doing nothing. And, and this is ultimately a salt test. I mean, I think they do this every time. It's a salt test. And you've just got to be prepared to face infinity without flinching. That's the way to get through this. You know, everything that's happening here is happening through our compliance. That's why they put it out there in our face because you've got to comply. You know, people just start asking questions. I'll, I'll take the test. Well, hang on. It's a PCR. How is it a test? Explain it to me how it works. And they can't. People don't ask these questions. They just comply. It's the same with using the, you know, the QR codes, scanning all this stuff. And I've said to people often, you know, it's got to the point now, like we've crossed the Rubicon, this whole technological Lucifer system, which is, you know, Lucas Light, Cypher Code, the internet, us handing power over to this um, virtual reality world that is controlling all of the stuff that we use in the real world now. We crossed that Rubicon in 2015. So now we're at the point where it doesn't matter. You can bring down all the governments you want, bring down anybody you want. If people are still using the tech, then it's going to lead us to the same point. That's the problem. So it's realizing that that's the situation that we're in. We are the ones that are driving this. You know, our compliance to it all is what's driving it. That's why I put all these regulations in place. They get us to police each other. You know, people out there spraying mace on others who aren't wearing masks and things. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You know, and so you know, if you're not performing an act of self-harm, then I'm going to harm you. It's it's gotten to that point. And when society has gotten this crazy, and if it gets this crazy around here, I just I just won't go into town anymore. I'll just let the whole place crumble and eat itself and do what I can from the outside, you know. But um, it's really getting to that situation. So as much as we, we want to wake people up and keep pushing, um, it's important to have a plan B and it's important to realise that you may get to a point where you just got to kind of let that implode. Because even if we do wake up a lot of the people, there's still going to be a vast number of people who take the vaccines. You've just got to look at the amount of cars that are lined up to do these PCRs. I mean, this it's ridiculous. People actually love this, this, this under the fear that they may have this virus, you know. And they're gonna be bringing passes for international travel. You don't need a test about to get on any aircraft. So it's been pretty, getting pretty drastic. Like I said, I think the best thing we can do is, is continue to push the message for the next three years. Like I said, I think they're doing it this quickly because, yeah, I mean, even when they're going to ride the thing and make it man international, most here in Australia, 89% of them, how are they going to get around this if people simply don't take it? You know, people simply, these established, clearly established, sort of making use like the QR boycott. I will just stay home. See, they made you just bring you an edit. You now stay home for running your own guidelines, and just what all these services they're demanding, you become genotify or have stuck up your nose. You know, use that service, use them. You know, so push. Why? It's all like I think the system have had to move so quick because it is crumbling, and they know it. I mean, I want to. I want to be more optimistic about this whole thing and you know every time i try i just look at the overarching propaganda and control that they have over the masses and kind of like you were saying man i mean 
the time for waking up the sheeple or whatever you like to call them, NPCs or whatever, I mean, that time's probably long gone. And, you know, doing doing that kind of stuff is, is probably use, useless at this point. I mean, I, I was listening to Whitney Webb the other day, and she was talking about how there's internal CIA documents that through FOIA requests or other means that she's obtained and these people the technocrats can literally encrypt all of the data on your website and then they can make sure that it can never be uploaded anywhere else on the internet and they can also scramble your telecommunications so you can't reach out to friends or supporters listeners your audience base anything like that so when i when i when i hear something like that when they have that much overarching control i was just thinking to myself i'm just like what can you do against this system i've i've fantasized about skipping out of the united states going to mexico going to africa doing something doing something like that but it was just like we're gonna play this cat and mouse game for the rest of eternity and then i always think about you know you got to be ready what what you say you got to be ready to face infinity without flinching and at the end of the day that's what it's going to have to be because what else can you really do against this overarching and I know they're not all powerful, but it almost seems like they have an answer for everything. Well, see, what said is the technology, which is what those switch phones over, they want to flip phones and all that sort of stuff. can lock you in. I mean, you look at now that they're censoring the president's tweet, and I was like, you know, so and this to show you how much control they have over you with the text. So, I mean, I have a bow and arrow, I have a tent, I have a grab bag, I can easily walk into the forest and I can hunt and I can just live out there and do, do whatever I, I want to. I do what I do and I continue to try to be a support to people by bringing them information and I do continue to try to wake people up, mainly to provide people who are waking with some sort of a safety net so they don't move into fear, so they realise what's really going on here. But ultimately... Like I said, the tech is going to go where it's going to go. If people don't put down their scrying mirrors and don't put down the tech, then it's going to take us to this technocratic ending. And it's completely unavoidable at this point unless people are prepared to put down the tech. It doesn't matter what government you bring down. So, yeah, you do have to be prepared to face infinity without flinching. That's what it's really all about. No mistake in the outcome of this. I mean, this is what it's always been leading to. There's, there's been many people myself included, who've been warning the world that this is where we're going for the last 20, 30 years. And here we are. You know, I've been warning people there's a, there's a train coming and when it hits, it will be sudden, there will be no warning and people will have no one to blame but themselves. So the best thing you can do is, yeah, provide a safety net for people. But realise that it's it's ultimately going to come down to that, that choice that you're going to have to make when that moment comes of what you want to do. Are you, going to, are you going to comply or are you simply prepared to stand your ground and, or have you already bugged out and gone and done something else? I mean, even if you, you know it's all coming, just just head for the woods and, and live a, a different life. I mean, you don't need the tech. You can always watch the world implode from up on, on the hill and, and look at it happen. You know, you, you don't need the system. 
it's the tech that's the problem, and, and it's it's the problem that the tech is now controlling the electricity grid, it's controlling the finances, so, which is why I tell people to put their put their finances into silver and gold, small amounts, so they can trade with people when the crunch comes, and um, be prepared to just step out of the system. I mean, you look at you look at this pandemic. How much do people actually think that the this is affecting and the shutdown of the internet and the shutdown of all this technocratic system and all this stuff? How much is it affecting the Amish people? Do you think? You know, um, they saw it coming years ago because they remember the last time, probably. You know, so the Amish and the Quakers and the people who don't use the tech, it doesn't affect them at all. If you turn your television off, the pandemic goes away. If you're not using credit cards and smartphones, then it all goes away. So that's the problem. And that's that's the only thing that's going to stop it is, is people putting down the tech. Otherwise, it's going to go to where it's going to go. We can fight all these external sources all we want we can point the finger at these guys and those guys and blame anybody we want and a few years ago sure we could have pointed the finger at certain countries and certain people who may wear small hats who are doing very bad things but now it's got to the point that it's the tech itself that's doing it it's the technology it's the technology itself that's doing it and so therefore it is us that's doing it it's our willing compliance and the reason they're they're bringing all this stuff out it's, it's like um Helena Blavatsky called the externalization of the hierarchy. They're going to show you, show you exactly what this mechanism is. Everything we've been saying for the last 20 years, now you can see it wasn't any conspiracy theory. That's the way it is. And they're showing that to you now. So now they've showed it to you. Now that we, you see it, are you going to ignore it? Are you just going to take that vaccine? Are you going to take the test? Are you going to take the the AOK card that they're talking about, the universal transport card that they want to bring in for all countries, which is a digital card, which you will need to travel, need to do anything, get on public transport. Eventually, you'll need to even go into a supermarket. So, yeah, are you going to accept that? Now you see how corrupt the system is, or are you just going to say no and walk away and say, no, we don't need to take Yeah, we'll go back to being human beings again. Yeah, that's the choice that humanity is facing, is how many people are prepared to do that. And when you find that there's a whole bunch of people around you in cities are not prepared to do that. They're just going to go with what the government says and they're going to turn and attack you for it. Well, you know, you, that's when you've just got to make that decision. That's what I tell people to get out of the cities. I mean, cities are, people are just fed disinformation. You can get these people to vote any, any direction you want them to. That's why democracy is such a failure because democracy is simply mob rules. In a democracy, 51% of the people control 49% of the people. What you need is a constitutional republic, which is what the United States was founded to be. And this whole push for democracy, all you've got to do is keep the majority of the population in cities and feed them disinformation. They'll vote any way you want, and that's the big downfall of a democracy. To have a successful democracy, you need a very intelligent, very well-informed population. And we certainly don't have that in the Western world. So, yeah, it's just getting to that, that point, brother. I mean, we've done what we can to wake people up, and we will continue to do that and try to provide that safety net. But it's really got to the point where people have got to see the writing on the wall. You can sit there and, and be a clicktivist and online activist and do all this stuff all you want, but you need to be prepared to be able to just pick up your tent, pick up your bag, your bow and arrow or whatever, and just walk away. Because none of this shit means anything anyway, all these trappings of this, this prefab throwaway society that we've got living in this temporary accommodation that we call housing none of this is built to last all the stuff that we think is important none of it is what's important is is life and health and friendship and and you know the earth and, and you know you know the, the stuff that's really important so yeah like i said this doesn't affect the amish people 
something to think about there. Oh, I wonder how many Amish even know what's going on right now. <laughs> you know? I mean, they're probably just sitting there fucking eating their stew right now, sitting around, milling what whatever they do on Amish land. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, I, I, I'd like to know. I'd, I was mentioned this to my girlfriend the other day. I'm just like... Hey, when our lease when our lease is up, let's go move out into the country, wave by some Amish people, befriend them, and have them teach us shit. Because <laughs> we're we're gonna need those skills. And what what you were saying uh, about the about the B system and everything, a lot of people think that the about, that the vaccine is gonna be the mark of the beast, and it very well could be. And I even think it probably is, but. We probably already have the mark of the beast in our pockets. It's something that you talk about relentlessly. It it the the logo is literally an apple with a bite taken out of it. I mean, if that isn't the, all the symbolism you need right there, you know, it's the mark of the beast. You can't participate in the market. You can't buy, sell, or anything like that. I mean, how much can you really do in the market now? In this day and age, especially in America, without a cell phone, without without a, a smartphone, a smartphone. Yeah, smartphone and a credit card. It's it's the same thing. And even it originally came out as the bank card. Remember, credit cards were originally bank card, and it was the three Bs. It was the the, the red, the blue, or the red, green, and yellow bill. Yeah, red, green, and yellow B, which was the three sixes. It's it's the card. It's 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 the card, the cell phone, the whole smart grid. It's the same thing. This is this is the mark of the beast. People have already been using it. When I was talking, I was doing a talk about Shasta last year, and I asked how many Christians were in the audience and how many of them would willingly perform witchcraft. And they all, oh, no, no, we'd never do that. And then I showed them about the, the scrying mirrors and the sigils, you know. And I showed them the sigils for summoning demons. And I said, and when you funnel electricity through them, and you um, um, power up your scrying mirror, and I went to the next slot next slide which was a cell phone there was an audible gasp from the room and i went yeah you're already doing it folks you're already there you're already in the beast system you're already using the mark of the beast every time you shop with a credit card every time you purchase with a smartphone you're indulging in the lucifer system and you're already using the mark of the beast what they're going to do with this whole pandemic is just make it universal so they can catch everybody who isn't doing that you know, get them all in there so you don't have a choice. The mark of the beast will be your your health passport. You know, your 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 freedom pass that you will need to to go into a supermarket or, or whatever. It'll be a card to begin with, and then it will simply be well, it'll be the vaccine or the swab, and they'll be able to scan you digitally as you walk in. You won't even need the card eventually. That's the way they want to do it. But they want to hook um, uh, cryptocurrency up to your biology. They want you uh, injected with hydrogel, so you, you won't even need to be. See, they're saying so you can be readable by your smartphone, but you won't. Eventually, you won't need the smartphone. It'll all be done remotely around you. You won't even need to call me. We'll be able to do it telepathically. That's that's the way they want to do it, you know. So, um, pretty freaky stuff. They want everybody hooked up to the grid. You know, the Borg is what they're what they're heading for. And they want, well, they want to be able to know everything about everybody and to be able to control everybody's thoughts, know, know when someone's thinking something that they want, and just change that. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's all the one thing. We've already you know, been gradually moved into it. I still don't own a credit card. I'm 63, and I still have never owned a credit card, and I don't own a smartphone. So it's getting increasingly more difficult to do things, but I'm continuing. So 
see how we got. And what were you you were just talking about about changing your thoughts about Ron speak and Ron think um, straight out of 1984 and we have that woman from uh, Neuralink and she's like yeah you know in the future when people have the Neuralink we'll be able to control speech because you know we obviously don't want hate speech so we'll be able to pr promote more uh, friendly speaking and thinking people and we can all be inclusive and all of this stuff and I was just like well that's definitely a component and you know, we have Elon Musk trotting, trotting out there like oh yeah Corona is definitely a hoax definitely weird my PCR tests are all over the place and then everybody thinks, oh, Elon Musk is a cool guy. And But on the same thing, look at all the satellites that he's shooting up into the air that's going to uh, connect the world by broadband with 5G. And then it's going to be raining down all over us. And then we're going to get the neural link. And obviously with the vaccinations giving us all of the heavy metals. I mean, this is a recipe for disaster. And uh, Oh, yeah. And imagine what it'll be like when you when you're thinking of something, but you're not allowed to say it, and you can't actually say it. You're thinking it, but the words won't come out. Like now in the Matrix, when his mouth's closed up, mm, yeah. you just can't say something. You know. Um, imagine the the damage this is going to do to people psychologically. I mean, what they're doing to the kids, what they're doing to the kids growing up through this, it's just insane. Um, the, the the damage that they're doing psychologically to these children, and even even teenagers growing up through this, it's absolutely unbelievable but yeah that's what they'll go i mean even when you look at black mirror there's there's points where they can simply mute you you know where when it's all digital it's all hooked up to neuralink people can simply mute you so you'll just appear like a shade to them and they won't even be able to see you properly or hear anything you say because they can just they can just block you you know so this is this is the way they want to take it so you'll be you'll be completely ostracized from society and, and they want it so that everything is tracked, everything is traceable, and, and everything's digital because that way they can lock you out. And I'm fully expecting the internet to go down sometime in the next couple of months as well. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes down when they announce that Trump has won the election. Yeah. You know, they probably might take away the ability for anybody to be able to hear that result, and then the mainstream media will simply push it the way they want and put Biden in there anyway. I mean, you just, you just don't know how they could play it. But I'm fully expecting there to be uh, the internet to go down and possibly even the power grid to go down. They're talking about it. Morty Comic Forum's already talking about it. They've been wargaming it for, for months since, since like uh, June or July. They've been, they've been saying almost as much as they were saying the, the coronavirus stuff with Event 201. You know, they've been saying almost equally as much, if not more, prepare for a grid shutdown. There's definitely going to be a, a bio or not a biohacker, but like a uh, like a, a, a techno hacker cyber, or cyber something. Terror. Yeah. Cyber terror attack. Uh, cyber terrorism they're talking about. It, and it'll make COVID seem like it was just a little hiccup, just a little bump. That's it. You know? <laughs> I mean, look what they've done to the world in the last in the last um yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. They've shut down the entire world. They've put thousands upon thousands, millions of people out of work. They're saying it's like 20, 24 million businesses in the United States will never, ever open again. You know, and people have spent years, decades, generations building these businesses up and they just take it all away. Just take it all in, in one fell swoop to protect you from this virus, you know, which has is just a seasonal flu. I mean, it, it's crazy. So... Yeah, it's uh, they've really set the world up and got everybody on tender hooks, 
if they were to, if they pull off something like that in the next couple of months, and I'm fully expecting them to to, to do it, um, that's what I mean. You got to you got to hunker down, get yourself in a safe area. Don't depend on the internet. Don't depend on any of this being here. Get yourself back in, in touch with nature. And yeah, I think it's a good idea to get to know some Amish people. I mean, why not? You're going to need those skills. Even there's a great book you could buy. I don't know whether you can still get it. Uh, came out back in the 90s called Survival into the 21st Century. Mm. And it, it, had, it was just full of survival skills because it said everything's going to shut down in the 21st century. We're going to go back to the Stone Age. So uh, it's, uh, it's a good book to get if you can still get it. Oh, there's this but, guy uh, uh, who's been on Freeman Fly's show. Um, uh, I think his name is Stefan Verstappen. You can go. He he's got a whole. Oh, Stefan's great. Yeah, he he's got like four hundred books that you can download, and then you can learn all of the skills, and then just copy down what you what you absolutely need to know. Yeah, he's a great guy, Stefan. He's a he's a great guy. He's uh, he gave me access to that library as well. I've actually mentioned it on my show, Stefan Verstappen. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a really good set of books he's put together there, and I, I recommend everybody check him out. Absolutely. And you know, he kind of he ego checked me. I mean, I haven't talked to him, but I was listening to him, and and he was like, "What do you think you're going to do, these people? Like all these people hoarding guns and ammo? Which I mean, I got to admit, I bought an extra gun and some extra boxes of ammo and stuff like that." And uh, he was like, "What, what are you gonna do? They have Apache helicopter, uh, Apache Apache helicopters. They melted the World Trade Center potentially with, um, with technology that they haven't even disclosed. And you think that you're gonna go out there with your AR-15 and take on the world's toughest government that has ever been seen? It's just like get over yourself." Yeah. Yeah, they got these. They got these helicopters. They got banks of bullets. That they got these huge square things that have like you know a hundred barrels. Oh yeah. And bullets fire magnetically. Magnetically, there's no no gunpowder, and you can have like four bullets in the barrel at one time. That's how fast they fire, and they're armor piercing, and they can go over your land, and they can hit a, put a bullet in every square inch of your land digitally. That's how they can do it. They just fly over in these, these drone helicopters. They don't even need a pilot in a helicopter. And they just go, toot, 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 toot. and you don't even hear them firing because they're magnetic. You know? So this is this is the tech they've got. Yeah, that's, what I'm, that's what I've said to people. All the Americans collecting guns and doing all this stuff is all very well, but, you know, you can't eat bullets. Mm-hmm. And you, if you, if you, you've got the First Amendment there, on the Second Amendment, there it's like it's, it's if if the enemy ever gets in the gates. Well, guess what? The enemy got in the gates back in the fifties, probably even before then. Okay, so you know if you're going to sit at home and wait for them to come and get you, then you've already lost. You know if you don't go and take your country back now, forget it. You've already lost. You can buy all the guns you want. It isn't going to mean anything. Yeah. You know because you, you can't eat bullets. Once they break down the supply chain, and, and Henry Kissinger said in 1974, we will use food as a weapon. What do people think he meant as that? Look at the United States now, look what they've done. You're heading for massive food shortages in the United States and a lot of other places. It doesn't even need to be food, it can be toilet paper and people will beat the shit out of each other at the supermarket. I mean... <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. It's great. Now, then they go and burn the supermarkets down. Like, okay, Black Lives Matter, so we'll go and burn down a Safeway. What the fuck for? You want to burn down a Safeway? Don't go burn down the government buildings. Don't burn down the supermarkets. 
you know? Where are you going to get your food from? That's what they've been doing in Philadelphia. There was a guy killed in Philadelphia, so they went out and they started rampaging and burning the town down. I mean, what for? You know? This is your town. This is your infrastructure. This is where you get all your supplies, and you're going and destroying it all, turning it into an unsafe zone. All done by design. So you can guess, sit at home and eat your bullets. That's really going to help things. And uh, with the supply chain, I mean, that Ice Age Farmer guy, I mean, he's putting out incredible stuff right now. I recommend anybody who's interested to go check out his channel. But uh, he's been showing, you know, what's going to happen is they're going to cut down the supply chain. People are going to flood the markets. They're going to take all the real food. And that what's going to be left is all the vegan bullshit, fake food, fake meat, uh, the stuff filled with all of the chemicals like uh, the the turkey patties that are that are uh, 100% not turkey and all of this stuff that cuz when we went to the grocery store that's all that was left was all the fake meat bullshit that's filled with all the chemicals and so people are going to be forced if they're yeah. going hungry to start eating that yeah and what they're talking about as well they're talking about how um, insects are a really rich source of protein. We should be paying more attention to insects. We can make protein bars out of insects. And if you go to the World Economic Forum, they're also saying that we've really been ignoring the nutritional value of weeds. So you can see where they're going with this. They want you eating weeds and insects, right? This is what they want to do to the human mm. It's going to reduce you down to nothing, have you wearing a mask, walking around, asking permission to do anything, eating weeds and insects while they have all the good stuff for themselves. You know, the world is their oyster. It is these little drones, all dumbed down with you know, less of, lack of chromosome mate. They've been putting this programming in people for years, and it's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. You've got the beautiful elites and the, the, the dumb little little dwarfs who don't really know what they're doing. Feed these people weeds and insects, and, and you've got the beautiful elites. You know, there's all, all predictive programming, putting that into the minds of people. So that's where they want to take it, brother. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons they're breaking down the food chain, get you dependent upon on weeds and grasses and insects and all this sort of stuff and they'll keep all, all the real food for themselves so yeah pretty freaky stuff but uh, all, all very predictable and uh, you know we've been telling people this is where they're going for a long time and yeah that's where they're taking it and um yeah the, the vegan stuff i mean i i totally think veganism is a starvation diet a lot of vegans may not like me saying that but i think it's a starvation diet now, this is a diet that Bill Gates uh, promotes, the UN promotes, you know, all to save the environment, of course. The factory farming is wrong. What we do in factory farming is, is terribly wrong, it's terribly cruel, I don't agree with it at all. But, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with eating meat at all. Uh, lots of animals eat meat, lots of people eat meat, lots of cultures eat meat, and, and a lot of them have never had any problems at all. Look at, look at the Inuit culture. Look at the uh, Mongolians. Um, there's no vegetables in Mongolia. In Mongolia, you got the steppes. It's now we grow them. Because oh, they should have destroyed their country. Well, they didn't. It's just what Mongolia is like, you know. So, and so yeah. I mean, Native Americans used to eat buffalo flesh all the time. Uh, they never had any cancers or any problems. So, I, I have a I have issues with with vegan diets. I think there's a, there's something wrong with that. But I think they're they're like I said, conditioning us move us into this this weeds and weeds and insects diet that they actually they actually want us to be having you know what this this might be a very broad general question but um in my life i started off as a catholic then took a philosophy course and became a vehement atheist and now i find myself 
uh, discovering my spirituality and um, just, just trying to grow more spiritually, maybe with meditation and breath work, like Wim Hof breath work and that kind of stuff and acknowledging. Well, and then what, what, what really woke me up to spirituality was what's all of this like human sacrifice going on for and why do these elites do these uh, Luciferian rituals and all the symbolism, the, the occultism behind all this stuff. That's what really woke me up to all of it. But then, you know, the, the rest of it, the, the lighter side with the meditation and the breath work, um, I, I was just wondering your thoughts on spirituality and um, that whole deal. Good question, brother. And I think modern religions have nothing to do with God. They might pretend they have something to do with God, but they don't. They're, they're cleverly designed to misdirect you away from your natural connection to the divine. And that will be found through meditation, which is why the religions will tell you, oh, meditation is evil. Because through meditation, you will find a, a direct connection to the divine. You don't need anybody else's doctrine to get in the way. That's what I've often said to people. I have, I have a wonderful relationship with God. I don't need any any book or religion to get in the way. I even when I was in Gaza, I even had um, I'd explain my concepts of spirituality and how you know everything is energy and and you know we're all naturally connected to the divine and it's it's speaking to us if we don't listen. A lot of all the stuff that I said and I was explaining this to to um, Muslim people in Gaza, and they were saying to me. You're a Muslim, Max. You just don't realize it because everything you say is in the Quran. And I would say to them, well, if I already know this without reading the Quran, then why do I need the Quran? They go, oh, because rah, rah, rah. I say, well, hang on. Didn't, didn't, didn't Muhammad channel that from the divine? And they said, yes. I said, well, how do I know I'm not channeling it from the divine? Why do I need the book to get in the way? But need a book to get in the way. You know, and they, they couldn't argue with the logic that I was giving them, you know. Mm -hmm. They didn't really agree with me. They didn't want to agree with me. They couldn't argue with it, you know. And it's the same thing. I mean, when I when I look at um, the stories in the Bible of Jesus, Jesus was an activist who knew who and what he was. Even when you look at the trial of Jesus, it was the straw man thing. He wouldn't play the game. He wouldn't play the name game. He never gave them jurisdiction, which is why Pilate washed his hands of the whole thing and said, I... I wash my hands of, you know, either either play the game or I'll just throw you to the mob, you know. And in the end, Jesus, I mean, Pilate didn't crucify Jesus. Jesus wasn't crucified by the state. Jesus was murdered by the police at the urgings of an angry mob. That's what happened, you know, because he wouldn't play the game. He was an activist and, and he knew who and what he was. And that's what he was trying to convey to people. So, I mean, that knowing that you have that connection, that you are divine, that we are all divine. This is why I finish every show with In La Keshe. You know, I am another yourself. We are all each other having this experience from a single consciousness, which you could call the mind of God, shattered into seven billion different fragments to come here to experience this. And you can almost think of it as a form of soul purification, what's going on here. You know, the, the, the people who do take the vaccines and do get led into that mainframe, that leaves the, the essence of spirit a little bit more pure. You can't save a lot of these people. And, and frankly, I mean, a lot of them aren't worth saving. If they're that stupid, well, they're that stupid. And as much as I love them, I mean, some of these people, honestly, the people are going to attack someone else with mace because they're not wearing a mask. Well, I'm sorry, go take your vaccine, please. 
You know, go away, leave, leave the world to the rest of us because we don't need that type of toxic consciousness here. So there's all positive ways of looking at this as well. So, you know, like I said, no stake in the outcome, brother. Face infinity without flinching. This is what we came here to do. This is the main event and it's always had to be this way and it was always going to be this way. It's how we deal with it. And I think we're, we're heading for a time of huge opportunity. They've moved too fast. Like I said, I think that they are, are crumbling and dying and so they're just trying to take as many people with them as they can. And if we can hunker down and get through this and stay spiritually strong and grounded and morally grounded and follow our moral compass and, and in, engage in right behavior for the next three to five years, I think we're going to find that we come through this pretty good, you know, on the other side. And the world's going to be a very different place. But, you know, we don't want to go back to what it was anyway, because what it was wasn't normal. We don't want to go back to that. We want something better, and it's just an opportunity for that to happen. All we have to do is realize that the, the dystopia they're creating can only be created through our compliance. And I, I seriously don't think too many people are going to comply with it. As much as the media is telling you they are. No, the media is just full of shit. The media doesn't tell you the truth. Oh, yeah, 90% of the people are going, we're so happy we've got this vaccine. No, we're not. Nobody wants it. Nobody, nobody's going to take it. So don't worry about what they say. It doesn't mean any difference. You know, turn your television off and communicate with the people around you. Get to know your neighbours. Get to know the people around you and stand strong together. Now's the time you can do that. And that will make a difference. You know, people just got to be prepared to, to, you know, step into the real world for a little while. Get offline and go and uh, operate in the real world and see what a difference they can make there. That's what I said on my Corona podcast, man. I mean, if, if you shut off the computer and your phone and you just walked around outside, besides the masks, you would never know that there was, that there was this deadly pandemic going on. And because there isn't <laughs> exactly, but I mean, everybody is so nice. I mean, it, it chips away at my heart when someone smiles at me through a mask, and it's just like, oh man, it, we had this lovely waitress when we went out to eat a couple of months ago, and she was salt of the earth, cream of the crop, like a little nerdy, was just explaining like random facts about beer to us, but then she was wearing two masks, two pairs of gloves on, and just completely indoctrinated into this whole thing, but it was just, oh my god, you are such a beautiful person, but she's just under the grip of the propaganda and the mainstream media and all the other tricks that they have up their sleeves, it's just... It's just so disheartening to see that your fellow brothers and sisters could just be co-opted into this, into this hellscape. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very disturbing to watch. I've got to admit, I mean, I don't, I don't go into town a lot, but I, I don't see a lot of it around here. Though I am expecting it to come next year. I'm expecting it to be a big outbreak after Christmas or whatever, because uh, this isn't going to go away. They just they're surely figuring out how they can take it to the level they want to take it. You know, they had to release it a little bit though because they were starting to get a lot of pushback. A lot were going, well, hang on, this is this is just not right. So they've got to create an excuse for the second wave, and I think that's going to come from whatever they've been doing to people with these tests and when the vaccines come out. But um, that's the reason for the lockdown as well, and the reason for the lockdown of the borders is to get everybody to take the vaccines. And it's always been about the vaccines. That's what this whole thing's about. So, yeah, I mean, it is sad. It is it is depressing, and it is concerning to see people. You know, but I, I always try to you know, convince them to do otherwise. I mean, 
I saw a girl in the supermarket wearing a mask a couple of months ago. And, you know, the first thing I say to them is, um, like, um, you look lovely today, smile for me. <laughs> and, uh, of course, they can't because they're wearing a mask. And I'll say, you know, you know, masks are bad for your health, don't you? And I'll say, you shouldn't really be wearing a mask because if you look around you, there's nobody dying and you're actually promoting unnecessary fear to the customers that come into the shop here. So you should have a talk to your boss and tell them that you, you, you don't want to wear the mask, you know. And um, they stop wearing them. Everywhere around here, nobody's wearing masks anywhere that I go. Like I said, I see one person sometimes when I go out now wearing a mask. If they bring it in that you actually got to wear a mask and they ever bring it back in in this area and mandate it, I've already teed up a guy. We're going to hire a ute and I'm going to get a deep sea diving outfit and I'm going to get a compressor on the back of a utility with like a hundred foot of air hose. I'm going to put on one of those deep sea diving outfits with the round bell helmet, little cage on the front and have the hose following. I'm going to walk into the supermarket with these hoses trailing behind me with a tape measure 1.5 meters out. It'll make me a three meter hoop around me. I'm just going to, that's the way I'm going to operate. I'm just going to keep make everyone stay 1.5 meters away from me and I'm going to wear a diving bell in a controlled atmosphere to go into the supermarket. I'll get someone a video. What about the flippers? No flippers? No, I was thinking of tanks on the back as well. It might be a good good thing in case the hoses mess up. So I've got air, so I'm going to put scuba tanks on the back. <laughs> Maybe a mask over the front, you know. But, uh, that would be yeah, fantastic. That would be a good thing. <laughs> so that, that's my plan. If, if they ever make it mandatory around here, I'm just going to go completely over the top with it. Mm. Uh, that's a great plan, and and I don't know if you if you wanted to talk about this because I know that you plan on making a uh, uh, a longer report about it, really ex- explaining the details. But given how we know that this is a false flag, nine uh, eleven false flag, and all these other false flags, I mean, I actually went through fifty of them on my Corona podcast because people always ask like, well, how could this many people be in on it? It's like, well, almost 200,000 people were involved in making the atom bomb and all the people involved with the fake moon landing and all, all this, all these kinds of things. But, um, like I said, I don't know if you want to get into it, but if you want to discuss it, I, I upload my stuff on YouTube, but they deleted my Corona podcast six hours after I put it up. So, um, if you wanted to get into Christ, I'll probably delete this just yeah, I'll probably just delete this just because I'm on it, brother. <laughs> so, it, do you want to talk about Christ Church at all, and like what happened that day, and uh, maybe discuss the events? Because I remember when that first happened, I heard that you could watch the video of the guy who wore it, and I checked it out on some random website. And I was horrified. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe someone would do this. And I've, I've heard murmurs in the, al- in the alternative community about, you know, he never had to reload or something like that. But I, I never went back and checked it out again. But I remember it, it was kind of like in the beginning stages of my waking up process. So I, I really hadn't even considered that it was not what it uh, was being portrayed to us as, but, um, you know, my girlfriend and I, something that red pilled her, uh, wide awake was Sandy Hook. I mean, we're, we're all about Sandy Hook and what actually happened on, on that fateful day. 
So if, if you wanted to discuss it a little bit, um, I'm down to... I think Sandy Hook was probably completely fake. I think the Boston bombing was completely fake, um, completely staged events. I don't think Christchurch was, though. I think they actually killed people. Mm. But, I mean, that's, that's speculative. People can argue that back and forth. It's really difficult because it's such a low-quality video because he was live-streaming. Obviously, he had a high-definition camera, and he was live-streaming, which is why my video is so blocky now because I've got a high-definition camera, and the the bandwidth is so low here that the camera produces more information than the bandwidth can handle. So if you've got a high-definition camera and you're on the move doing a live stream, you're going to get a, a, a crappy video picture. A lot of people say that's evidence of fakery. Well, no, it's not. It just means you've got a high-definition camera and you, you're live streaming on low bandwidth. That's what produces that. Mm. But, um, there was, but what, what got me with Christchurch was there was talk that it was fakery. Fake. There was talk that it was CGI and all this stuff that came out within three hours of the shooting happening. I thought that's that's remarkable, and I got quite excited about it. There were people saying we've, we've caught them, you know, with with fakery. With, you know, it's obvious that's why they banned the video. So I got a copy of the video and I started going through it, and I couldn't um, I couldn't confirm any of the claims of fakery. I could see that people could could go that way if they wanted to. You could think that, but you have to ignore other stuff. And you, you can't do that. You've got to you've got to look at it with a completely open open mind, and not want either side to be true. And I couldn't find anything to confirm the reports of fakery. And I thought, well, that's interesting because I, I wanted to. That's why actually what I went in there to do was to confirm it. Mm. And um, I thought, well, why did these reports come out so quickly within three hours? And, and they're so adamant. And anybody who suggests it isn't fakery gets like attacked. And like I got totally attacked. I got people saying I was a deep state mole. I'm CIA. I'm also saying Max is supporting the government narrative. No, it wasn't. But they're saying, oh, if, if you say people died, you're supporting the government narrative. You know, I'm thinking, why? Why? Why, are we, why is there no debate? This is obviously a, a co-intel narrative because. You're not allowed to think anything different. So I started looking at the film, and I, was, I went through the film frame by frame. I thought, well, if they want us to focus on this, they want us to question whether there's enough blood. They want us to question whether the bullet casing is a CGI. They want us looking at certain things. So I'm thinking, what else don't they want us to see? What, what's actually in there that they don't want us to look at? So I went through the film frame by frame. I found what, what looks like it was an MK Ultra setup through, through um, sound and color. The guy who was doing it was programmed. There's certain uh, there's a sequence of red cars and of, of aqua cars that are parked all the way along this route. I mean, how many red and aqua cars would you expect to see wow. in, in Christchurch in a mile and a half drive? Maybe a few red ones, but how many aqua ones? I mean, aqua is, a, is an unusual colour for a car. It's an expensive paint job, an aqua paint job. There were quite a number of aqua cars, quite a number of uh, really unusual stuff that happened. But what it all comes down to is that the Ignoring all of that, ignoring all the MK Ultra trigger signals and ignoring the debate over whether it was fake or real or CGI or not, the official story is that this was a lone gunman who went and carried out a terror attack on a mosque. But if you look at the video and you look at it closely, what you find is there are other people there. There was a man who looked, it was a, a period where he was inside and he, there was a guy who ran across the back room and he shot him as he left the doorway. As that's happening, you see someone look through the window of that room. The guy runs over, he puts his arm up, 
and he looks through the window. So there was a guy outside. There's three points in the video, the shooter's video, where he stops what he's doing and he runs to catch someone escaping from the perimeter who's completely out of his line of sight, completely out of his field of vision. So someone had to alert him to the fact that there were people leaving and he had to go and get them. The, the, there was one part of the video where was, he dropped everything into his room, he ran out the front and he took aim at a car that was parked at the front of the mosque and then looked away and went out the front and shot someone else and then ran to get fuel out of the car then ran up the, the other driveway. As he's doing that, that car that he pointed the gun at and drove away. That, that was a car that had two people in it that drove away while the shooting was happening. There's another scene where he, he goes out to shoot a woman who's running out the front of the mosque and just as he gets out the street and turns to shoot her as she's lying on the ground, you see a man in red standing against the, the wall who was not there when he first ran out. It took six seconds for him to run from the gate or from the doorway out to the gate. And in that time, a man in red came out and was standing in the middle of the, middle of the fence. So you can see there's at least um, one extra player outside, someone who looked in the window and the man in red. Could have been the same guy. Could have easily been. And the, the two guys in the car who left halfway through the shooting and that car was later seen being waved through a police roadblock so that's the question if it was a lone gunman acting by himself then who was alerting him to the fact that there were people escaping who were the guys in the car who left halfway through the shooting and who's the guy in red standing against the wall when he's shooting the, the woman on the street that's the only question you need to ask if it was a lone gunman then who the fuck are these guys yeah that's it. And the whole story falls apart. The New Zealand government is exposed as, as telling barefaced lies. The media is exposed as telling barefaced lies. All the other shit about whether it's CGI, whether it was fake, whether there's blood, whether this is all speculative arguments. You can argue and speculate about it and back and forth all you want. You're arguing over details which are completely irrelevant because the relevant details is the official story was a lone gunman and the shooter's video clearly shows that it was not. And you know, I can find that, and I'm, I'm just a, a guy sitting in a shed. So you're telling me the police missed this, the journalists missed this? No, they're covering it up. And all the talks of fakery and wanting you to focus on the blood and the bullets and shell casings and all this stuff is also misdirection. It's damage control because I don't want you looking at what else is going on in the video in your peripheral vision because the video itself blows the official narrative completely out of the water. And it was the Christchurch shooting that they used to bring in all of the laws, all the censorship laws that they're using now to censor out all the truth on Facebook, on YouTube. All this stuff was riding off the back of Christchurch. And when it happened, I said to people, this is, this is the, the new 9-11. I said, Christchurch is for, if you can think of 9-11 as being the beginning of the, of the end game, Christchurch is the beginning of the final move of the end game. And this is going to bring about blanket censorship and within 12 to 18 months, I expect us all to be in lockdown. That's what I said when Christchurch happened and I got totally attacked for it. Got told I was a deep state mole, all sorts of stuff because I wouldn't go along with their plan or their ploy that it was all fake and nobody died and this is what we need to be exposing and all this rubbish that you can't prove. And all they had to do was fake Sandy Hook and fake the Boston bombing and now people think all shootings are fake and no one ever dies. Yeah, it took the carrot hook, line, and sinker. So, you know, CoIntel works in mysterious ways, and they're very clever at what they do. But um, the the uh, debate about Christchurch should not be about whether it was fake or not. It should be simply asking the question that if it was a lone gunman, then who are these guys who are filmed running around? And who is these guys in the car who you wave through that police roadblock? 
half an hour after the shooting. And with those questions, the entire official narrative is blown out of the water. And uh, I might be mistaken, but wasn't the address of the church like 223-something lane or something like that? But it, I, I think I remember very distinctly that the address of the church was 223, which is also the cartridge for an AR-15 is is .223. Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they they put in there for the conspiracy theorists. Oh, okay, just just for... They know know exactly what they're doing, and they'll always put fuel in there for for people to be able to argue and debate about it, always. Mm. They put their symbolism and their stuff there all the time. Rabbit holes that lead nowhere. It fuels that culture. gets people arguing over details and arguing over all this meaningless, insignificant shit that that doesn't lead anywhere. It doesn't lead you to freedom. And all these people, they've got their theory and they want to be right. And then they'll go in and they'll debate, argue about it, and they're just all missing the bigger picture, you know? This was after Las Vegas, correct? The massacre in, La- in Las Vegas. Yeah. Because mm, I, I mean, that's when you know everybody talks about that was the moment where they started seeing heavy internet censorship on Twitter and YouTube. Is right after the Vegas shooting, um, everybody was getting uh, censored, their videos taken down, and it seems like that was a similar moment for you guys over in New Zealand and Australia. Well, yeah, I mean, the Vegas shooting, I think that was a um, that was a hit against Prince Salman gone wrong, very likely. Mm. Um, there's a lot lot to indicate that's what actually was going on there. They, they intended to assassinate the Crown Prince. All the arrests that happened in Saudi Arabia after that, there was a big shake-up in Saudi Arabia after the Vegas shooting. And uh, even the concept of the shooting got that many guns in there, I mean, there's just no way... There's no way any of that went down the way we're told. What what happened? I mean, who knows? But uh, um, yeah, elements of fakery, elements of realism, but definitely not what we were told at all. And I, I would suspect it was a, it was a, a a failed hit, the Vegas shooting. Oh yeah, I remember so very clearly after the Vegas shooting, looking at the pictures of Stephen Paddock on the hotel floor. I'm like, it looks like he was laid there. And then, you know, uh, being a gun guy myself, the way that the bullets were spread all along the floor and his guns or his blood splatter uh, coming out of his head and everything, I'm like, that makes no goddamn sense. And so I I was looking at this whole thing and I'm just like, there's no way. And then also, you know, being a gun guy, uh, they said that he had a... uh, what, what were those uh, special stocks? I can't remember now, but he butt, they, stocks. butt stocks, yeah. And uh, so he had those special stocks on, and that he could fire faster. Well, if you look at the picture, it's very clear that the AR-15s had fifty-five round magazines, and but you in the videos you can clearly hear over eighty shots being fired consecutively. When the magazines very clearly show only 55 round capability. So unless he was shooting two at the same time, which, what is he, Arnold Schwarzenegger or Rambo? Like, what is this guy? There's no way, unless he was playing out a a weird Sylvester Stallone Rambo fantasy, would he be shooting two guns with 55 round clips out of the window. He'd have complete... 
He had no control. He'd be shooting wildly into the air. It made no sense to me just from the standpoint of knowing guns. There were no yeah, yeah. there are no one hundred round drum magazines. It was fifty five round magazines. Yeah, well, some of the um, some of the footage from that day is really weird. I mean, there seems there's seems to be um, gunshots coming from two different places in the building at, at one stage. Uh, there was one one period where they were firing at the fuel tanks of the airport. So all of this all this um, lends credence to the concept that there was more than one shooter. There was and they were actually going for. Um, the crown prince and they set up whatever they set up to try to create some sort of a diversion so they could escape there's a, there's a couple of really good reports that came out about how it very likely went down and the, and the, I mean how on earth would they even get that window removed I mean these, these are thick windows hey, you can't just smash one of these windows and start firing down into the crowd you know Yeah. so none of it makes sense none, no, nothing about the official story makes sense at all none of it so yeah, what happened? I mean, I don't know, but that, that's what they do. They, they create such confusing scenarios to keep us debating details and not looking at the bigger picture. Well, how is, well, how is the event used? What, what was the, the knock-on effect of that event? Because that's what's important. What was the legislation? What were the changes? What, what, what can the event be used for? You know, remember, that in crisis, there is opportunity, according to George W. Bush. You know? And there always is, and so that, that's the way they use them. That, that's what people have got to do is step back and look at the bigger picture rather than arguing over details all the time, which is exactly what they want you to do. You've got to look at the bigger picture and see how it's going to be used and, and what, what the result's going to be of this event. A hundred percent, and there's, there's always been a boogeyman. You know, the communists, the communists was probably their longest-running boogeyman because the Cold War was like 50 years long. But first it was the communists, and then it was the terrorists, and then it was the school shooters, and now it's coronavirus. I mean, it, you can just follow it all throughout the decades. It's like, oh, there's that boogeyman. Remember when serial killers used to be a thing? And then they just stopped. I guess, you know, these random uh, psychos who just have a bloodlust, they uh, they just all disappeared. Even though we have more psychotropic drugs, we have more kids on pills, we have more kids disenfranchised because of the internet, playing Call of Duty and all this stuff, you'd think that that shit would be through the roof. But no, 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 we, we don't have serial killers. And, oh, because of coronavirus... The, the school shooters and the terrorists are too scared to go to Walmart where everybody's herded up like cattle. You know, the school shooters and the terrorists, they're too scared to get coronavirus to go kill a bunch of people and then kill themselves. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? No suicide bombers strapping any suicide bombs to themselves anymore. They might catch coronavirus when they go to the market, you know. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. People don't even see it. People, people just... Yeah, so they got they got the attention span of a goldfish. So so they you know, headlines every day get them going, and you know they read something. Oh, no, wow! I can't wait to follow up on that, and they never see any follow up on it. And they forget about it because the new headlines sensationalise them away to somewhere else. You know, so yeah, that's just what happens, brother. It's an interesting interesting world we've created, but it's it's like we're living in a movie at the moment. It's really like we're living in a movie. So I mean, I think that's that's really beneficial for a lot of people to just see how fake it all is, how fake everything is. And that's what I think what, what I think is going to be their downfall. I mean, the, the pushback has been phenomenal that we've seen. The, the riots and the, the crowds gathering in Germany, crowds gathering across Europe. In Denmark, we saw all the police um, put down their weapons and side with the people. We've got cops here in Australia writing letters. There's a website called Cops for COVID Truth. 
we've got a, a couple of senior constables who've written letters to the um, police commissioner about they don't like the fact that they're being forced to um, push these draconian laws on the population. There was a protest in India a couple of days ago, 250 million people, biggest protest in the history of the world. Oh, my God. The whole of India turned out. They're all carrying Russian flags too, which is interesting. So I don't know where they're going with that, but they're saying we want to leave this whole EU Western thing, not we're going back with Russia, which is pretty interesting because people in Russia are under severe lockdown in Russia. I mean, they're, they're brutalizing those people over there. So, um, yeah, interesting stuff going on. People have had enough. All over the world, people have had enough. So, like I said, I think it's a time of huge opportunity. And the, the more weirder they get it, and the more they try to push these mandatory vaccines, the more people are just going to say, no, nah, no, nah, it's all becoming too obvious now. So I think that um, I think there's good days ahead, brother. I do. I mean, I think it's going to get pretty ugly in the meantime, but I think when we come out the other side, there's going to be good days ahead. Well, I guess I'll ask you, because I just did an episode with... Um charlie robinson and um he told me he actually told me a hilarious story man at uh he said at benny will's wedding because i was telling him I'm like dude my two favorite people in this game i'm like I, I listen to tinfoil hat the most because i i love sam but my two favorite people who i think that they have that they have it absolutely nailed when they discuss these topics you know especially with your um, adoption of terrain theory, which I obviously way subscribe to over germ theory, given all the overwhelming evidence. But I was telling him, like, the two people that I love the most in this game are you and Max Egan, because you guys just roll with the punches. You're always investigating, always doing all these things and carrying on. He's like, let me tell you a funny stories. Like, I was at Benny Will's uh, wedding, and Max Egan was there. And I smoked a joint with him, and by the end of the joint, I was so high, I could barely function. And he's just like, Max is an OG, man. He smoked me down to my core. And I was just, I was cracking up. I thought that was hilarious, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I tend to, to smoke a bit of weed. But uh, yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, and uh, at the end of the conversation, he was, he was gone. Oh, yeah. So... But what I asked him, um, I asked him. It was really nice to go there and, and see Benny. It was, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was really good to be in Spike at that wedding. I asked him, um, you know, what what is the pinnacle of all of this? And we, we both kind of agreed that these people are worshiping some kind of dark entity and, you know, they're being led along to create the ultimate goal we didn't we didn't put a name on the entity or like whatever it is but i mean obviously they subscribe to some occult darkness in, in some fashion or form um so what i what i want to know what you think about it is what is really going on here what what is this place um what are the elite really trying to do i i mean the answers may seem obvious but i mean to, to most they probably aren't well it's it's a it's a soul capture they want they want to lead us into the mainframe they want to trap our souls they want to but we've got to do it willingly they want to kill us and, and turn us upside down and inside out and turn us everything that we're not you know if you think of evil um 
as, as said by David Icke, you could call it evil, but evil may take out a defamation suit against you, what we're facing here. You know, and you can go to evil, you can go to a website called evillimited.com, which is an interesting website, and talk to a bot there called Louise Cipher, Lou Cipher, Lucifer, and ask that bot what is evil, and she will tell you that evil is the emergence of virtual intelligent life. You know, and what it wants to do is lead us into the mainframe. It wants to capture your soul. It wants to inject you with gel and bring you into a virtual world you'll never escape from. That's the ultimate goal. The goal is about control of absolutely everything and death of your physical body and leading you into a place that you will, your consciousness and your soul will never, ever escape from, which is why you have to be prepared to face infinity without flinching. People, people will do that and people will allow themselves to be let in there due to their fear of death, which is the one part of life which is inevitable that they've been taught to fear. This life is simply the exam to see how steadfast you are. And that's why it all comes down to that personal moment of choice that everyone will have to make. And at that time, you cannot save anyone and no one else can save you. The choice is yours alone to make. Um, and they're, they're about removing you of that choice or getting you to make the wrong choice and to come with them. And that's what Lucifer is. Lucifer is the, the AI uh, control grid that is controlling this whole thing. And even if you want to, you know, people will want to blame the Jews or whatever. Who are they working for? The, the God that they work for, I would suggest, is the AI. The whole thing is, is being run by AI. I think they've done this many times before. I think these cycles, are, these events are cyclic, which is why so many of these mysteries and stories are left behind. That they, they grow the population like as a people farm, and then they harvest the souls that they want, the souls that they can, and then they run the process again. That's what I think is going on here. I think we're, we're in a people farm. You could speculate what the shape of it is. It's irrelevant to me what the shape of it is. It doesn't matter. I mean, if, if it's round or flat or whatever. Say, say everybody suddenly agreed the earth is flat. Well, now what? You're leaving? It doesn't make any difference, you know? It doesn't make a difference to my path through the realm. You know, what makes a difference is whether I can face infinity without flinching when that moment comes. And that's what this is about. And that's what it's always been about. And that's why, you know, we can do what we can, but... You've got to remove stake in the outcome, remove fear from your life and realise that this is what you came here to do. And if we can all do that, if, if people collectively stand in themselves and realise who they are and simply say no and, and turn away from this system, the system would cease to exist. But if they're not going to do that, then it's going to go where it's going to go. And, and there's going to be a lot of people that won't do it, a lot of people that will. So you'll see a society split into a, a Hunger Games type situation for a little while. But ultimately, it's still going to come down to that choice, that moment when you're going to make that choice. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's what we're here for, brother. And um, I hope that that answered the question. So do you, do you think that when the elite talk about they want to upload consciousness into the cloud, into a database, that that is something that they've, they've, done potentially many times before and the old saying nothing's new under the sun and i've heard you talk about in um, prior conversations and podcasts where throughout history there have been trainloads of children that just randomly show up millions hundreds of thousands that just come out of the woodwork and so do they do they bring everybody into the cloud and then you know, Re, yeah, repopulate and repopulate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
that's why you've got all these these bones buried beneath cities, you know, the catacombs of Paris, also below Lima, below Rome. I would suggest they're also below Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, New York, LA. I reckon they're probably everywhere if we if we knew how to find them. But uh, and then they do something. There's a what we're calling the mud flood, some event, whatever, whether it's a natural cataclysm or, or whatever it is. And whether these are natural events or, I mean, whether they build the, the flock up and they harvest them just before the event, the cataclysm, or whether they run it themselves, I mean, it's all stuff we can we can speculate on, who, who really knows. But yeah, I think they've done it before, and I think that's the goal, is to lead people, capture as many souls as they can into the mainframe. You know, if you were led into a virtual world, how would you, how would you ever know? That's the thing, how would you ever know if they mm. managed to do it? And uh, that's what I think the ultimate goal is, and I think they've done it before, yeah. And then they repopulate the world with children, and they teach them whatever history they want. And uh, they, they get to a point where they've got the population up to where they want it, and they, they do it again. And that's why these legends are left behind. That's why we're, we're taught to look out for the 666. We're taught to look out for the scrying mirrors. We're taught to look out for all these um, so-called biblical symbols for the end days. But we think it's a singular event, but it, it's not. It's an event that happens over and over and over again. But I think every every time it does happen, we have an opportunity to break the cycle. And I think we can do it this time. I actually think we can break the cycle this time. So um, that's why I have a very, very optimistic view of what's going on here. I can remember lots of random uh, thoughts and, and lots of random stuff that sometimes I think is from past life experiences. And... Um, there's something particularly different about this experience that we're in now. And uh, I think, you know, the, the, the apocalypse, the, the, which actually means the unveiling, you know, the, the uh, great revealing, I think that's that's what's happening now. And I, I you yeah, know, I can't help but have an optimistic outlook for the future that we're moving into. I just can't help it. It just feels that way to me. For all the bad stuff happening, and like I said, I think it's going to get... A little bit more ugly yet but uh, I think we just if we can ride that storm or weather that storm we're going to come through um, pretty good on the other side I think they're all they're all going to be gone it's all going to break down they're not going to get their technocracy that they wanted I don't think it's, it's going to happen and when you were saying uh, a cataclysm I was thinking or the great reset um, you know, maybe that's how they framed it all throughout time is, you know, we got to get ready for the Great Reset. But a lot of people talk about reincarnation and what I'm, what, the rabbit hole we're going down right now, this is where my mind is. What if we once opted to go into the cloud and now we're in this perpetual simulation uh, which a lot of people speculate about and then the reincarnation theory comes in to where we keep coming back until the lifetime where we finally stand up against the system and then we can break free of the simulation it could well be it could well be. It could be what Deja Vu is about. If we come back and we live exactly the same life every single time until we get to the point that we can stand steadfast. You know, it's like soul purification. And that's the only way out. But it's like Jim Morrison said, no one here gets out alive. So the only way to leave the prison is to die. That's the only way to get out of this, this realm. Yeah, and this realm is a prison. 
it's maybe beautiful. We've done wonderful things with it, but it's prison. You know, so and yeah, that's the only way to do it. It's, and it's a soul purification thing. Maybe maybe it takes many lifetimes. I mean, it wouldn't be surprised if that does happen. I wouldn't be surprised if this is in a simulation and that you just keep going through the simulation over and over again until you're strong enough and pure enough to get through it, pure enough to to reconnect with the divine. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if any of those things were true. And we were talking about Black Mirror earlier, and, I mean, it's amazing to see how many episodes have been fortuitous of what (laughs) what is about to happen. And there's this one episode called Don't Hang the DJ, where it's, it's basically a dating app, and... You know, they, they run a thousand simulations, and based on how many times you say fuck you to the simulation and you do everything in your power to exit with the person you're most compatible with, I mean, the simulation tries to deny you this person the entire time. But there, this, there was this one couple where they broke through the simulation 998 times out of a thousand so they were labeled a match in the dating app so what you just said makes me think of exactly that you know it it, the simulation is based on how many times we break through and resist the great reset and then we meet you know whatever whatever is is beyond it don't know, don't know. Could be, could be. Black Mirror, interesting, interesting series. The guy stopped making it because he said he, he can't come up with any ideas because now we're living in Black Mirror. <laughs> Reality's out doing anything he can come up with in the series. Yeah, more like the CIA stopped giving him scripts, right? Yeah, well. Yeah, who knows. But yeah, but yeah Max, I mean, I, I love this conversation and I think you're... I mean, I don't want to be too flattering, but I, I really do feel like you're like the wise guy in the conspiracy community, in the in the alternate media. You're the guy who's lived it. You've been around the block. You can maybe tell people who are getting into Flat Earth and QAnon and all of these things that are off the path to be like, that's not the, that's not the ticket. Come back and realize the larger agenda. And I think that's so very valuable for where we are at this point in time. Yeah, well, I mean, the whole the whole Flat Earth thing, and, and I mean, I, I can totally respect a lot of the Flat Earthers. I can see where they're getting the, the fuel for, for their belief system. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the official model of Earth is correct, by the way, but yeah. I, I don't support the Flat Earth model either. I think that there's more than two options to look at. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately you know, there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of pitfalls there's a lot of rabbit holes that are put there to distract us from our own path but ultimately it's a personal spiritual journey um the best thing you can really do is is help as many people as you can along the way discover themselves and to leave breadcrumbs for yourself in for the possibility that you do have to come back again you know so uh I mean, if I was to ever come back and do this again, I'm sure I'd be attracted to the work of Maxwell Egan, you know, unless I'm coming back and living the same life again, which is uh, quite possible as well. But I do appreciate that. I mean, I I don't get things right all the time. I just try to encourage people to ask questions. I think that if people ask the right questions, then 
the right answers reveal themselves by default and and real truths cannot be told to people they won't listen you can never tell people the truth you have to encourage them to ask the questions so they can discover the truth for themselves because real real truth a real awakening is is a personal enlightenment it's a personal discovery it's a realization you know that little light bulb moment that you have you know and if people tell you this is we get debatable about it but if they can just encourage you to ask the right question why do you think that is like that then perhaps you'll you'll discover the truth for yourself so yeah i appreciate that I mean, all I've really tried to do is, is provide some sort of stability for people and put a perspective out there in the hope that it helps others. And, and all I can really offer is what's helped me along my path in the hope that it perhaps, you know, stimulates others to ask questions and, and to find themselves. I mean, I think it would be so easy for us to get out of this mess if people simply remembered who and what they are. And uh, that, that's what has inspired me to do this. So yeah, thank you. It's been nice to come on and chat to you, and we'll we'll do it again sometime. Hell yeah, man! That was absolutely beautiful, and I can't wait to fight the good fight with you. And you know, if we end up in the gulag, I hope we're in the same one. <laughs> I be going to the gulag, bro. Yeah. So. All right, man. Have a fantastic day. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Ryan.